0: Let's get motivated. Let's get inspired. Let's get to the next level with the Joy for the Journey podcast with author Joy Gatson.
1: Welcome, my fellow travelers, to the Joy for the Journey podcast. I'm your guide, Joy Gatson. This podcast is an experience that will bring you motivation and inspiration through stories, anecdotes, and interviews. So let the journey begin. I am so excited um, to bring this particular episode to you. We did something just a little bit different. We did our very first live chat. And if you're not familiar with what a live chat is, let me go ahead and explain it to you. This is when myself, along with our guest, we literally just sat down in a great little place and just recorded live. And so what you're going to hear is raw, uncut, unfiltered, all the background and everything else that you can hear. But it's going to be us in our most authentic, uncut space. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you who my guests were. Uh, first, I had uh, Maya Maisha M- 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 McIntyre, who is the owner of Green... Uh, green consulting, green counseling. She's a licensed therapist. I also had with me Dr. Jennifer Ross, who is the director of diversity, equity, and inclusion at the Akron Urban League. Um, Her specialty is education. And then finally, I had someone that's not new to the Joy for the Journey podcast. I had the media assassin herself, Naya Allen. So again, very excited to bring you this special episode. And we talked about what else? mental health and being healthy mentally so are you ready let's go
2: thank you so much for joining me today um let's just jump right in
1: right right. jump
2: right into it as you know we want to talk about being healthy mentally um right now there's a lot of stigma especially in the black community around mental health but i want to spin that and look at it from the standpoint of how can we, number one, become healthy mentally? How do we do that? And what are some of the steps we can do to to move ourselves in that direction? So I'm gonna start with Myesha. From a therapist's perspective, what can we do as far as mental health is concerned, becoming healthy mentally? Um, that's a good question. Uh, it's, you and I were talking about this uh, the other day in the car and uh, Mm -hmm. we were talking about how we take care of ourselves physically. We go to the gym, we try to eat right, we exercise, we take our vitamins and things like that. We try to be proactive. Now I was having a conversation with one of my clients the other day and I was saying the same way that we're proactive with our physical health, it's important to be proactive with our mental health but sometimes that it can be hard to visualize what that looks like. So I was telling her for a lot of us, we don't, I call it guarding your peace or protecting your peace. Mm-hmm. And we oftentimes let things or people or relationships invade or encroach on our peace or our homes or invade our boundaries and we call ourselves trying to help, or we make excuses for people, or we say, oh, well, you know, they need this or they need that, especially as women, or as black women, or as mothers, or as wives, or as workers, <laughs> or whatever. And gradually, piece by piece by piece, things just get eaten up. Our time gets eaten up, our, our energy gets eaten up, our um, money, our, just our boundaries, everything gets eaten up. And that's one of the ways that our mental health just gets eroded and so I talk to a lot of female clients who a lot of their anxiety a lot of their depression is caused by their environment because we fail to protect our peace mm-hmm. you know we have people living in our homes we have relationships we have um, jobs we have uh, just things going on that shouldn't be there or we make excuses for that if we just were more active or more felt more comfortable standing up and saying, no, 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 you just can't be here. You can't be here. This is not okay. We would be a lot healthier. So I think being proactive about what we do, who we allow in our lives, um, taking a good look and being honest about what's going on is a good step towards um, our mental health. So I'm going to ask Dr. Ross this question, or Jennifer, <laughs> I'm going to ask Jennifer mm-hmm. this question. Um, Aisha made a good point as far as physically, right, we're able to see when when we're not our best, right? We're able to see, we can see ourselves putting on the weight, we can see ourselves with bags underneath our eyes. I'm going to ask you from an education standpoint, what are some of the things that maybe educators can do to um, to help? with that mental health piece? Because again, physically we can see it, but emotionally and mentally we cannot see.
3: That's a good question. And I think it starts with conditioning, right? And so as black women, we are conditioned to be strong, right? Mm -hmm. We're told don't cry. We're told you have to take care of your siblings. We're told that we can fix anything because we're black magic,
1: Mm -hmm. right?
3: And so that whole notion of being magic and we can fix anything, is really a misconception because we don't think about all of the all of the complexities that we're adding to our mental health Mm -hmm. as we're trying to be a superhero right so i think we have to start by one as an adult being transparent for our children right like yes like we're we're so scared too i was a single parent Mm -hmm. and i had to i had i had a father that helped out but it was still my daughter and i in the home and i had to make sure everything looked okay for her and she didn't know if there were problems or issues because i had to make sure everything looked good opposed to not putting trauma on her and telling her to bear the burden of whatever responsibilities i had but also to be clear to help her understand that these are things that i'm dealing with these are issues that I'm currently having, and this is the way I'm navigating through them, right? And it's okay to feel overwhelmed. It's okay to feel anxious. It's okay to not have an answer to a problem. It's okay to not know, right? We don't have to have the answers. And I think from a from, from young children, we're told to be a certain kind of way. And we watch our mother, our grandmother, our great-grandmother, Behave a certain kind of way, and all that creates the stigma of what a strong black woman should look like, which then says we don't take care of our mental health. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. That's Mm
2: -hmm. interesting because Naya and I just uh, week was it last week, week before last. We literally just had that same conversation about being super women, right? How the black for black women we are (coughs) taught put the cake on. You know, you wear your cape. Yeah. Like you said, black girl magic. Mm-hmm. Now let me say this, there's nothing wrong with black girl magic. I believe we are magical and everything. I know we, are. Mm-hmm. we are magical. But sometimes we have to give ourselves permission to take the cape off. And I kind of want to talk to throw this question at Naya. Um, out of the Superwoman trope, right? The mm-hmm. superwoman take your cape off, what was something that um that you felt as superwoman why you needed to take your cape? Off?
0: Well, as everybody knows, I do suffer from several mental, <clears throat> excuse me, mental health issues. Um, in the beginning, I was taking a lot of medication. Um, I decided to self-medicate. Everybody also knows I like my marijuana. I'm sorry. Sorry, Miss Joy. But I, only, I smoke it at night or I'll eat it and mix it with my herbs because I'm very spiritual and it helps me go to sleep. Because when my mom passed away, I couldn't sleep at all. So now I'm reinventing myself for my son because he's seen me at my lowest point. And I want him to be able to see me at my lowest point and still build myself up without the help of outside like uh, medications and stuff. I want to be able to teach other people that you have control over your mental health. If you take care of it, I take care. I acknowledge it. I say, Hey, I know you're there, but I'm here too. you know what I mean? Like if anybody is going through anything, I recommend they listen to Tony Jones. I don't know if y'all heard of her. She's fantastic. She is fantastic. Tony Jones, energy budget. She is my spiritual goddess. (laughs) Okay. And I, I, I came from a lot, um, recently my mom I don't know if anybody heard of the guy who was working in funeral homes and he had all these bodies and stuff in his basement he did my mom's funeral Mm -hmm. so now I have to go to court for that and I'm trying not to let all of that dredge back Mm -hmm. up and come back up because my son is watching me again so when I say I'm taking off my cape I mean I'm not gonna force myself to be as strong as other people want me to be. I'm going to feel my emotions and i'm going to feel them until i feel like i'm over them because otherwise me tucking that that back in and just moving on it makes it worse so i found with me that if i don't go through the motions that it's going to build up and back up and then it's going to be it's going to be bad so you know as far as taking off the cape i, I feel like i've taken it off i'm i'm at the point now where i'm comfortable enough to just be like, Hey, I don't I, I don't care. Because not saying how you feel and not doing what you feel is not being nice to others. It's out of fear of others and what others is gonna think. I took that away. I took that off my cape. I don't wear that. So yeah. It's been a it's been a journey, Joy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm gonna throw this question just to the group and get can answer. We're all mothers here. Clearly, we mm-hmm. all have children. We're all probably at different stages and phases with our children. How do we, as women, especially those who have daughters, right? Um, how do how do we program them not to put that cape on? You know what I mean? I. I and this time right now in my life with the passing of of, um, of my ex-husband, it, it threw me for a whole entire week. And I didn't want to cry in front of him. Like, mm-hmm. I got to keep my cape on. I have to be strong. I have to, I have to be them. But it wasn't until my issue was like, take the damn cape off. Like, it's okay. <laughs> <It is great. laughs> feel what you feel. Mm-hmm. But as Dr. Ross said, as Jennifer said, we are so programmed into being in that superwoman space. We are so programmed to... No one can feel what we, feel. no one can right. see what we feel for fear of either A, us feeling our feelings, because who wants to, I hate crying, I think it's the easiest yeah. world, but who <laughs> wants to feel what we feel? And then also, maybe other people will use that against us right. in our moment of being vulnerable, in our moment of being transparent. So I'm going to throw this out to you all. How do we, as women, how do we as mothers, how do we just as people continue with taking the cape off and showing our daughters even our sons that that is
0: okay i would say self-care and it sounds so minute so small but self-care is a must because with me having mental health issues i'm watching my son to make sure you know he don't have the same traits but at the same time i'm trying to do things for him that wasn't done for me when I first started having you know, my my issues, or recognizing my issues. So I teach him meditation. I teach him, we make medications together, because I'm an herbalist, mm-hmm. um, and just teaching him to take it easy. I don't let him listen to certain kinds of music, because it ramps up that energy of that ugly side. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's, it's mostly about self-care. Like, I really believe in that. I took a self-care break for two months, and I came out like, hey y'all. Like I ain't got no problems, you know. <laughs> it's very, very important. Now I'm not on the yoga, the, the mm-hmm. yoga tip yet, but <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. No, I, my I
2: think what you're talking about too is modeling. Yeah. When you're describing too is modeling, and to answer Joy's question, what I try to do with my daughters is model um, behavior. But I think as moms sometimes we're afraid to let our kids see us cry. Because we think it's gonna scare them right. and I, there's a different and they're gonna it's gonna frighten them to see us you know weak or out of control or whatever but I tell people there's a difference between emotion and out of control emotion yeah and so my kids, I'm a crier anyway. I cry over commercials. like I, I'm a you know, Y'all know. I know, want to and so my one daughter is, you know, everything's okay, everybody be happy. We all have to be happy, to, you know, we can be together. And so that's what I'm working with her on. And I'll tell her, it's okay to cry. These are happy tears, these are sad tears. And um, we discuss emotions. And so it's a, it's a lot of modeling and talking about emotions and putting names to emotions and this is how we feel and 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 showing them like um, my husband had a stroke about uh, four months ago and so we all it was hard on the entire family and each of us dealt with it in a different way and there's a lot of emotions going on and we were afraid and we were angry and we were angry with him and, and just all kind of things we all went through and so my daughter saw me going to therapy they saw me you know I was like mommy's mommy's in therapy right now they know I'm a therapist and I'm like now I'm in therapy I'm going to talk to my therapist today right you know and that was something that we talked about there were conversations that they had to have with their dad where they talked about how upset they were with him because they felt like he hadn't taken good care of himself and there were emotions where they shared how angry they were, and we let them do that. You know, growing up, we weren't allowed to tell our parents, you know, you messed up,
1: uh-huh. you know,
2: and you made me angry. And, you know, that in a black community, you didn't, you yeah. know, you didn't get to have those <laughs> kind of conversations. You know, you would have got popped. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I'm, you know, we told them, you can be, you have to be respectful, you know, stay respectful. Because a couple times, you know, my daughter, you know, got a little, you know, off the hook. But my husband's like, no, talk, tell me how you feel. Right. But again, that's how we model. It's like a, we, all of us were experiencing a lot of different emotions and having those conversations um, and not like shoving those feelings down and um, and ignoring them or eating mm-hmm. them away or, or doing those kind of things is, is, is all part of that mental health conversation. <laughs> what
3: about you? Um, yeah, and I think I just want to echo <laughs> everything that I've heard so far, but I think, too, there's this education piece of it, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's hard to know what you don't know, right? right? And so when we talk about our mental health and we talk about our physical health and why, I'm, I'm going to look at it from a black woman's standpoint right now, because I'm talking about black, mm-hmm. right black women, um, and, when you, and we, th- we think about the health disparities and we think about all the social determinants of health that we that we hear about. But I think, like, I don't think we understand the impact of racism, right? And how that affects us in our environment, right? Um, we don't understand the impact of um, oppression, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, and being marginalized. So I think as a black girl, I would talk to my daughter and say, one, because she went to a suburban school district and where she was lonely, right? And you, you're not carrying the weight for every black girl. Mm-hmm. Mm. When you go to school, you're Malia, and you show up as Malia, right? right? And so I don't want you to feel like they're going to judge a black girl by any wrong thing that you do, right? You need to be unapologetically you. Also, that voice and agency is important, right? Mm-hmm. So I want her to have a voice, but I want her to be respectful. Mm-hmm. I right. want her to recognize when she feel like someone's mistreating her but I want her to be a student whenever she was in high school and middle school, but I wanted her to come talk to me because I'm gonna, you know, as a black parent or just as a parent in general, you're gonna respect your elders, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to respect your elders, but you know if someone's disrespecting you, you can come and talk to me. And as the as the adult, I'm going to go address it. So if my daughter know that I'm her number one advocate, right, then I'm gonna go in and address any issue that may arise you know, because she felt uncomfortable or she felt someone said something to her that was inappropriate. Knowing that you have an ally or an advocate on your side allows you to walk in your true self unapologetically. I think also too, you know, really unpacking that, you know, sometimes you might not be seen. Sometimes you might not be heard. Sometimes there may be comments made to you about your hair or about your skin tone. Or, you know, there's sometimes therapy unspoken you just don't call on me even though my hands up right Mm -hmm. so there's all these hidden messages or very overt messages that our children are seeing on a daily basis which impacts how they feel about themselves and how they see themselves i think as we begin to express emotion and show emotion which you all said that you're doing which you know that's hard for black women to really Mm -hmm. want to say this is how i feel or i'm just going to cry because i because i can and i need to I think as we show that and express it, we begin to model, like you were talking about, how that can look and sound and how we manage it. Because I think right now what we're missing with the youth is that if they feel sad, they think that it's the end of the world, right? right. And that they don't understand that this is just an emotion and this is how you should feel, right? And as my daughter's adulting, because she's 25, and she's like, I don't like it. Right. And I'm like, I don't like it. <laughs> this is good, right? I, Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, no, I don't like it. Okay. Like, and I'm like, I don't like it still, Malia. And I'm, I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. I don't like it at all. But yet and still, we can navigate things and we can problem solve and troubleshoot as we go along. It's not the end of the world when a problem happens. And how do we, what tools do we give our children? And what tools do we use? ourselves because right. me I'm going to eat when I get stressed out mm-hmm. period period I want to eat now mm-hmm. thank you,
2: <laughs> I you this you just brought up a really good point about um, black women especially when we have issues or problems they're pushed it aside right they're oh you don't feel what you feel that's not who you are and then being an advocate so not only being an advocate for your children but also learning how to be an advocate for yourself how yeah. do we do that how do we advocate for us. You know.
3: I think I think we can learn how to say no. So like I remember having COVID last December and then the CDC came out. Like, oh you can come back to work after five days. Right. Yeah. And you know, no one heard if you don't have symptoms, you can go back to work. Everyone just heard, oh I can just be out for five days. And I can remember thinking like and I remember getting a message, an email from my job saying, she wanted telling us that we can come back to work after the five days. And I had to stop and think and say, if I'm not feeling well, I'm not going back to work. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to say no. And even though I'm getting emails asking me to do these things right here, because we feel like we have to show up and we have to Mm -hmm. be, you know, with that whole rule of, well, you're black, you have to show up and you have to be twice as good. And you have to do this, that, and the other. And I remember a young girl was just telling me that today, well, you know, we're black needs to be twice as good. I said, hold on, we need to be amazing, don't get me wrong but we don't have to be twice as good. So, right. you know, we have to think about where do those narratives come from, mm-hmm. right? And, and and they did come from a sound place. Whenever you think about, whenever we said, but we don't, you know, we would have never said those things to our parents back right. in the day. Yeah. We would not have. And our, our grandparents reared that way because they had a reason to, because a yes. child talking yeah. too much during slavery right. could lead to someone's death, right. Right? right? So it wasn't that they were just crazy or mm-hmm. that they just didn't care or they were not empathetic, it was right. that these are life-saving so right. skills right. that they're so teaching right. that we filter over time and we continue, where don't you ask questions, don't you talk back, don't you do those things, so how do we, as we, as times are changing, because still we know that talking as a black child can get you killed, or as a black right. adult can still get mm-hmm. you killed, right? How do we help our children navigate, or even our adult, or how do we even navigate mm-hmm these situations, so we just don't have to take it
0: in and just kind of implode on the inside. So I don't know, you know, there's, there's so many complexities to, to this. I would, um, well, my son is, I found a letter that he wrote that said, I hate this world. And that hurt my whole heart because he's only eight. And w- w- why do you hate this world? Okay, so my first thought is me and him talk about everything. If you can't talk to me about something, I'm open enough. For you to go and speak to somebody else I don't care how young you are I need you to be able to talk this out and it might sound racist but I want him to speak to a black person because we know what our kids is going through okay his his teacher she's she's a white lady um she does really good with him but at the end of the day she gets overwhelmed he he's had he has uh, audio sufficiency which is a form of autism and she gets irritated with him. I get irritated with him. So I'm, I, I want to be able to reach out for him to have that help because I don't want it to escalate and him feel like nobody cares or, you know, feel like he's not being paid attention to. So I want to try to um, instill in him to reach out and always choose yourself. Somebody told me, happy birthday. This is how simple it gets for me. They told me, happy birthday on November 4th. My birthday is on November 1st. I don't accept that because I saw you on Facebook on that day and you forgot. So no, I don't accept that. And I say that about a lot of stuff. I I, I don't accept that. That Get that out of my energy because that's not me. I don't know where you got that from. Don't take it back.
2: So maybe, <laughs> so maybe being healthy mentally, one of the things is, as you, you said, accepting putting down the boundaries, number one, yeah. and then accepting, no, I don't accept that, right. no, and and saying no, and exercising your right to say yeah. no. I think sometimes as women, black women, I don't even say black women, this black people period, right. women
1: period, no we accept, boundaries,
2: no boundaries. Mm-hmm. we accept so much stuff because you fill in the blank, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever your reason is, you fill in the blank, we accept that. I'm gonna put a pause right there real quick, gotta do this other ad. Grow First Consulting is ready to help you grow your business by leveraging the power of social media. Their digital marketing team will execute a unique brand strategy for your business that will engage your audience, build brand awareness, and generate leads. So get in touch with a member of the Grow First Consulting team today. You can do so by calling area code 470-869-3239 or visiting them online at www.growfirstconsulting.com. Not only are we being sponsored by Grofers Consulting, we're also being sponsored by Avid Healthcare. Avid Healthcare is located in Akron, Ohio, and they are a committed provider of nursing and home healthcare aid. With their services, they provide their clients with the opportunity to recover, heal, and age in the place where they feel most comfortable, which is their home. So if you're looking for a licensed, safe, secure home healthcare aid, they do service Summit, Stark, Portage, and Cuyahoga County. Please give them a call. You can call them at area code 330-818-2979, or you can reach them on the website at www.avidcares.com. So I want to jump back into the conversation really quickly from a the therapy standpoint. Go ahead, Munch. I did have one thought, Okay, <clears throat> excuse me, um, about something we were talking about in terms of um, our kids and uh, self-care and mental health and especially our African-American children and just dealing with some of the racism and, and pressures that they have in the school. And you got me to think about this because my daughters also attended predominantly white school. I attended this, but we I think all, yeah, we all <laughs> attended a predominantly white <laughs> school. Yes. Um, they all shall remain nameless, but anyway... Um, <laughs> And I'm thinking about um, something we call protective factors and information education that we can provide, which helps. I know I remember being in eighth or ninth grade and being the only black kid in the class when they went over slavery. And everybody in class turning mm-hmm. around and looking at me like, How do you I feel? just came from the plantation. <laughs> and you just had to get caught. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Like this shame and embarrassment and whatever and that was probably one of the one of the only times they showed a image of a black person and it was probably
3: extremely old, oh, outdated. old outdated everybody's yeah.
2: looking at me like what do you hold about slavery and um, so what I try to do a lot with my kid and I think for even a lot of the clients that I deal with there's this frustration there's like this rage because we walk around as African-Americans, as not just kids, but adults, and we're subjected to trauma, like, every day, you know, at work, in housing, in finances, like, everywhere we go, there's trauma. On the streets, Mm -hmm. there's trauma, there's trauma. We watch it on TV, you go on Facebook, you see police brutality, like, we're subjected to trauma everywhere we look, everywhere, just constant trauma, right? some of it's overt some of it's not overt um and then we're trying to process this and figure out you know is it me because even sometimes the overt stuff's almost not really say better because this more subtle stuff has you thinking am I crazy was that just me like did that just happen am I I just had a meeting today with my sister and my um um nephew, um, this whole disciplinary hearing where they're trying to put my nephew and send him to an alternative school and this whole thing, he goes to school in Texas and it was this two and a half hour meeting and my sister's in a rage by the time he got off. Um, and again, you know, you know, there's something wrong. You can't put your finger on it. And to me, the answer for some of this is no, we're not crazy. There are systems in place. There's institutionalized racism, there's systemic racism, there's redlining, there's all these systems that have been in place for years that are purposely there to keep African Americans in a certain way. You know, and educating our children about them, having these conversations with our children about them so they know, so they have some ammunition. When they're in school and everybody turns around and looks at you, I tell my kids, you don't have anything to be embarrassed about. They should be embarrassed. Right. You know? They should be If you have some ammunition, if you have some history, if you have some background, then you have something to fight back with when people are turned around. You can ask the teacher, well, how might your daughter raise her hand and was like, well, when are we going to learn about Africa? You know? Like, know right. the kind of questions My daughter's asking. <laughs> and I can see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As your kids. I can see it. <laughs> At her school. So. To so me, part of the protective factor of mental health is just trying to educate because I think with mental health, sometimes the battle is like, is there something wrong with me? Like we internalize that, is it me? Like, am I crazy? Like, I, you know, we right. think like this is there's something wrong with me? Like, why am I trying and trying and trying, and I'm not getting anywhere? And it's like, no, there's this. This is a real thing. Mm-hmm. No, so do we need to number one recognize that it it's a real, real thing and no longer sweep it under the rug, and then number two, as we're recognizing that it's a real thing, as you said, equip, mm-hmm. and I think you said it too, Jennifer, equipping our children, equipping ourselves, mm-hmm. because I, I at forty something, um, <laughs> I you <can laughs> say it, you're older than me. Hush it up. Hush, Hush it up. <laughs> 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 um, h- how do you how do you equip it? if I can't deal with it. How the heck am I expecting my 17, 18, 19 year old um, to deal with that as well? I'm asking from an education standpoint. What can we do as parents educationally um, to equip our children, and, and in turn, it's equipping ourselves.
3: Yep. And I I think part of it is you know we've heard it around the we heard it around the through concession, is checking, checking ourselves, right, and doing a mental check to make sure that um, one, we have to give ourselves time to, like decompress, right, because there's so many things happening that we don't even realize everything that's taking place, right. And so we're just so used to pushing whatever happened beside Mm -hmm. and going to the next thing. So maybe our morning starts off and we go to Starbucks and we're in line and they ask, you've been there waiting forever. And they ask the other person, like, hey, can I take your order? And they don't, and and you were there next. So, right, we're like, I don't want to be the angry black woman. Let him go. Mm -hmm. So I push that to stop, right? Mm -hmm. So now I show up to work. And when I, when I walk into work, you know, there's a meeting and I'm trying to share ideas. And someone shares the exact same idea that I already said. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's the greatest idea in the world. And you're like, am I crazy? Because I know I just said that, right? So, so man, that's the second thing that happened, right? Mm -hmm. And then maybe while you're at work, you get a call from the school telling you that your child's in school -school suspension because they were in a fight, right? And you know that that's not your child, Mm -hmm. right? But now I have to figure out what, what could he have done or she have done for me to get this call, right? So we're constantly packing on all these little things and we're just trying to move on to the next thing without stopping and processing. What just happened? Why did this happen? How do I feel? And how can I get myself together and really address all these microaggressions or macroaggressions, right? right? (laughs) And um, also continue being the woman that I have to be because we have to keep pushing right? right it doesn't stop so i think as we really become conscious about i'm feeling this way if you have your husband and your significant other to say let's happy i think we need to have people listen to us you know yeah. and i think that's the part like we need to take some time decompress you know whatever you do to get yourself right because i know i woke up yesterday and i was so stressed at 530 was extremely stressed Because I knew there was a lot of things going on that I really could not control, and I'm like, get up, go to the gym, you know. So I'm like, while I'm getting dressed, I need to pray and get myself together. When I get to that gym, I need to just really think about how I'm going to get this day on track because I already feel like it's off track, and my day's just started, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think really being mindful and intentional about how we engage, right? Because I think we just keep going through the motions, yeah. mm-hmm. and we don't take time to really unpack our feelings. And if we're feeling that way, you know our kids can feel they're our feelings. Right. They're yeah. vibing off of us, right? And so they're taking <laughs> up on all that tension, all that frustration, and having those conversations. So, you know, my, my daughter's grandfather passed away, and you just had, you know, you're, you're dealing with that as well, Joy. But like, she's having these feelings, you know, she's going through these pictures, and she's crying. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I don't even know how to feel. Because once again, I really wasn't taught to unpack my feelings. And I know I need to let her have her feelings, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like, it's that awkward moment of you're okay, or maybe you're not, or what do you need? Or do I just let her be, right? But allowing allowing yourself to sit in these moments, and just feel right. how you feel. I feel awkward. She feels sad. I'm sad that she's sad, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. All these feelings like, and I don't want her to be more sad because I'm sad that she's sad. Right. right. <laughs> so <it's> just, it <laughs> doesn't mean, get better. i right? yes. like, it doesn't get better. Like, I'm like, yeah. so what do I do? But you know, I think we just have to be in the moment yeah. and be present, right? And just say, it's okay. <laughs> and we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. I don't have an right. answer. I may not ever get an answer, but I'm gonna be here with you. Right.
2: Yeah. Ladies, this has been by far one of the um I, I think uh very therapeutic thank you all for me. <laughs> uh conversation for me. I'm gonna ask um Myesha first if there's one thing that you're taking with this conversation, what is it? Um. I would just say, um, I think the same thing I always say, just um, be mindful and try to be proactive about um, our mental health. Um, We spend so much time, people have a tendency, we have a tendency to feel like we're selfish when we focus on ourselves. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times people have told me that in, in in session. Well, you know, I, you know, I got so many things to do. I have other people. I have this. I have that. I, you know, I don't know. I it's it, it, this, this thought or this belief that to take an hour to take a couple hours is a, is a selfish thing to spend time working on yourself or improving yourself, but. um always go back to that analogy when you're on the plane and they say the you know, oxygen masks come down and, you know, you put your own oxygen mask on. If you can't breathe, you know, if, it, if everything falls apart, you know, if you go down, everything else is is falling apart too. So you have to take care of yourself. There's nothing selfish about taking care of your mental health about when you start feeling and the problem is when we go down when we when people go all the way down when that depression gets bad I um, and, and you know we've all seen the, the media with these the suicides and things that are, are hitting when it when I've seen you know I' you know in my job I see it get bad bad so it's better to head it off with the past it's so much easier to be proactive. And take care of yourself, you know, go to the gym when you know it's going to be a rough morning. Meditate, take some deep breaths, eat healthy, do whatever it is you need to do to take, catch it early. Because once that you go down that path and you're deep down into that depression or that anxiety and things get out of control so much harder, to pull yourself out you could still do it of course people do it all the time but it's it's better to be proactive and try to stay on top of it and there's nothing selfish about that there's nothing selfish about that at all yeah. Nine, what about you what are you taking from this conversation what's your parting thought for this
0: um I would say <clears throat> to be more intentional about your words how you feel how you feel about your loved ones and your boundaries for your loved ones and to always choose yourself even if you are going through stuff with your kids you still have to choose yourself because like you said um they can feel that so at the end of the day i always choose myself and it's not selfish i tell people my son my only son i raised him and I still have to be able to live my life because say he moves off to Texas and gets married and now I'm sitting here by myself and I never worked on me. I need to work on me and I need to work on him and I need to be more intentional when I
3: choose me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I just, I, I really believe that we're not alone, right? And so when we say it takes a village, right? It literally takes a village and you have to create your village Mm -hmm. and you have to be honest with your village because people cannot help you if you're not honest and you're not transparent. So we need to remove the stigma that if we're not okay mentally, physically, emotionally, we can say it without being judged, Mm -hmm. right? And I think what we'll learn as we're being transparent among one another, Black women, you know with our family we'll find that we're not the only one going through that situation right and we can then have people to rally behind us and lift us up and even if it's not your family because everyone don't have family that can that can lift them up be intentional about creating some girlfriends that can surround you that you can talk to that you can tell them anything and that. I don't worry about what they say. Don't worry about Because the people who are judging you the most typically are the people who are going through the most, right? Mm. And I think that we have to learn how to be honest, open, transparent with one another and to embrace each other. And until we can figure out how to do that, because society has taught us to fight one another, society has taught us not to trust one another. Society has told us that women don't like each other. Women can't get along. Black women like to do this, that, and the other. And that's the biggest lie. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lie that Satan uses also. Mm-hmm. Because if he can make you think that you're alone in this fight, then you're going to then self-sabotage.
2: Yeah. Right? I so I
3: think find your village. Surround yourself with women. Black women are dope. Right? Mm-hmm. Black women are <laughs> dope. So, surround yourself with black women. If you have some other people who are amazing too, surround yourself with them.
2: Mm. Mm. <laughs> Y'all just gave me like 17 gems and nuggets. I just want <laughs> to hold on to them. Um, I think for me, first of all, thank you Game ladies, for joining me to today. It has been an amazing conversation. Um, this has been a conversation that I needed. I don't know about y'all, <laughs> but this is a conversation that I made. Um, What I'm taking away from this conversation is being intentional, Look. Mm. Being intentional about who you allow me to spend, who you give your energy to, and we are black women and black men. I don't want to forget the in Take the cape off. Mm-hmm. It's okay to take that superwoman or superman cape off. Mm-hmm. You can't do everything alone. Mm-hmm. And as Jennifer says, get you a village, get you a tribe, get you some people who will hold you up. Um, go into the Bible like Aaron and, and, and oh, come on, help me. I know you'll know. How Aaron held up Moses' arms when oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was trying to when they was out there fighting. Get some people that's gonna hold you right. and you cannot hold yourself. Right. Get those people right. and in return, be the same person for them. Right. You know, it's a two way street. If I say I got you, it means i got you. Good, bad, right, wrong, ugly, whatever. If I say I got you, I got you.
1: I hope that you all enjoyed this special edition of our live chat. It was a lot of fun to record. Again, I want to thank uh, Naya Allen, the media assassin, Dr. Jennifer Ross, and Maisha McIntyre. If you would like to get a hold of me, you can do so on Facebook. I can be reached at joy4, and that's F-O-R, journey. Instagram, joy4, F-O-R, underscore, journey. And also email. I would love to hear your comments, your thoughts, your... Just engage with me. Tell me what you think about this special live chat episode. Uh, I can be at joy, joy at joyforjourney.com. And if you like to purchase a copy of my book, Joy for the Journey you can do so at www.joyforjourney.com. And finally, check out another member of the BU podcasting family. Check out Ebony Hill. She's the host of the Real Women Talk podcast. The Real Women Talk podcast is a podcast that's a safe space for women uh, to talk, to heal, to do all of the things that women need to do where we discuss life, love, relationships, and how it impacts us as women women of color. Again, this has been your host, your guide, Joy Gadsden, and may you find joy along your path.